You can now hear Movie Heaven, Movie Hell on Stitcher. Stitcher is radio on demand. Listen anytime, anywhere. Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discover from 20,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows. You can also create your own custom playlists. Stitcher is available on iOS, Android, Nook, iPad, and in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and it's on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. You can stream your favorite podcasts from Stitcher. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the app store. And please leave us a review and rating on Stitcher. Thank you. Welcome to Movie Heaven, Movie Hell with me, Simon Aiken, and... And I'm Keith Isles, and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing movies, TV shows, and related media. And for this bonus episode, we are really pleased to welcome back to the podcast filmmaker and friend Dan Tomeo. So welcome back, Dan. Oh, thank you so much. Glad to be back so soon. I was going to say, it does feel <laughs> very quick, doesn't it? Because uh, obviously... <laughs> You joined us recently for our um, Here We Go Again, the appropriately titled uh, uh, analysis, further analysis of Star Wars and The Last Jedi and whatever. The final analysis. <laughs> I was, was going to say, maybe, maybe, maybe you should do one more called uh, Kicking the Dead Horse One More Time. There you go. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know what else, what more we could say about it. So, so someone someone did comment though that uh, apparently I, I I was the most negative of all about it. So I was like, oh okay, I didn't realize I came across quite like that. I thought I was a bit fence city, but maybe not. There you go. <laughs> but um, but any any anyway, in in that one, uh, James who James Cheshire who sadly can't join us this afternoon, but um, he mentioned uh, whether anyone had yet seen Ready Player One, which. Um, you know, kind of made us have this somewhat impromptu podcast to discuss uh, not only Ready Player One, but the sort of recent wave of nostalgia and, uh, you know, film and television shows and franchises and whatever. So, um, so here we are again. <laughs> I don't know how many people we've lost at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just don't, just don't say the last Jedi. <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay. Just don't say it. Uh, so, uh, obviously, the latest wave of nostalgia is for the eighties. It's, uh, it's eighties culture and films that's sort of seeping into uh, a lot of the the films and TV. Exactly. Which, 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 which is totally, I guess, pandering to us as as film geeks because. You know, we're all ch children of the 70s, which sort of grew up loving this stuff in, in the 80s. And it's quite it's quite funny, actually, because if you look at Ready Player One, it, it actually pretty much references most of the films and directors that we've 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 talked about in the sort of last two and a half years or whatever of of this podcast. So, um, 
it's it's almost like a perfect movie for us to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just let the audience know that we will be going into spoilers. So if you've not seen the film, uh, just to warn you, uh, we will probably spoil it. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, the first question I want to ask about Ready Player One and you guys is, did you see it? Because I was somewhat torn in this particular case. Did you see it in 2D or 3D? 2D. 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 Oh, we all we were no. all 2D or not 2D. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I mean, I, I saw it in 2D because it, it, it tends to be my default thing unless a, a film is specifically shot for 3D. Um, but I did think whilst watching it, particularly on the scenes within the Oasis, that it might actually loan itself quite well to 3D. But um, but I, I've only seen it the once so far. But if I if I go and see it again, which is which is quite probable. I may actually uh, try seeing it in 3D just to see if, um, if if it sort of did add anything and sort of, you know, add into that whole sort of virtual reality aspect of, of, of the film. But, uh, but you know, I, I don't know what Spielberg's thoughts are on, on things like that because I know he's kind of a, a purist um, when it comes to a lot of this stuff, isn't he? <laughs> yes. yes, but I mean, seeing as most of the film is computer generated um i don't know you might not mind on this case yeah yeah maybe yeah i I usually like to see it first in 2d and then then go to the other formats after that if i'm if i really like the movie yeah yeah you know then i feel like then i feel like that next doing yeah (laughs) add something at least (laughs) yeah yeah it's 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 funny but it's it's um you know i don't know what you guys thought but I was interested to see sort of, you know, Spielberg go back to doing, you know, the type of films he did when we were growing up. Um, and, you know, whether whether he still had that sort of, you know, sparkle of the sort of um, popcorn magic within him, because obviously, you know, a lot of his films nowadays, fantastic films are obviously, you know, much more weighty and historical based and serious and 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 you know very good i mean i loved you know the film he made made in between the uh primary shoot and post-production of this was was um the post which uh which i thought was absolutely fantastic and and actually works as a really good companion piece to uh all the president's men it's like a kind of unofficial prequel <laughs> to to uh <laughs> you, you know you can almost w- watch them back to back and they they work really well you know it's just that tom hanks becomes jason robards but uh, other than that those those two films play really well together and are both you know excellent films but um but but you know it was it was kind of uh, I was kind of interested to see him go back and 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 do something that's a bit more of a sort of you know fantasy adventure type thing and uh, you know for for my money I thought he, uh, he he knocked it out of the park I really had fun with this what what did you guys think Yeah I, I liked it I thought it was it, it uh, certainly captured some of that early magic that Spielberg had I didn't know that if it, I don't know that it captured all of the magic per se. Um, even though it had pretty much everything in place. I mean, even the retro soundtrack, even the score itself was very uh, 80s, kind of 90s sounding. Um, not, you know, not Hans Zimmer pounding away at drums and that sort of thing. <laughs> but yes. uh, but um, the kids, you know, the kids kind of element 
and um, uh, you know, of course, all the all the the uh, '80s references and such, but um, even the the action sequences and such all seem to be, yeah, true form for Steven Spielberg. Well, I really enjoyed it. I must admit, when I went in to see it, I I wasn't sure if it was going to be good or not. Uh, so I'm kind of very picky about the films I go and see, but uh, I really enjoyed this one, and I felt that um, I got the full effect seeing it in the cinema. Even though yeah. I, there were so many references in it, it was. Um, it's almost as bad as one of our podcasts, isn't it? For references. <laughs> no, it's worse, much worse. But I was going to say um, that the thing is, though, was that I didn't feel that it um, overshadowed the the story. It wasn't that thing that it, it wasn't like in the forefront so much. Um, it was more background. And it wasn't just about, you know, oh, look, here's a reference to this. Here's a reference to that. Here's a reference to this. You know, there's these characters, that character. You know, it was, I thought it was, it was handled very well. I have to yeah. say, um, as far as the, the references, I was, a, I was actually a little disappointed that we, that they were a little, they were so much in the background. And a lot of that was, was the way it was, you know, I say in air quotes lit. Because you know it's all computer generated essentially, but mm. um, the way they chose to light the scenes put most everybody in silhouette, so it was hard to see certain certain characters. I, would, I, I don't know. I like to. I would like to have seen a little bit more of some of the characters that were floating around the background than what we saw. But uh, but no, I st it still was good. Yeah, I, I think it would become distracting because um, I think the this, the story was very much uh, the forefront because it there was nothing in it that took you out the story. I mean there's been like kind of cameos and nods in other films like say rogue one where you see two characters from a cantina and wonder how the hell are they here and then to find <laughs> out that this literally takes place like a day or two or, or days before a new hope begins you're like so if they were there how did they get to tattoo what <laughs> <laughs> where they just they had a really bad week basically. yes they, 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 they were like they were like Phew, glad, glad we got got out of that city before it was destroyed oh i know let's lie low in in tatooine for a few few days and uh just have a few drinks and yeah, then uh, this end up getting their arm lopped off and whatever you know it's like <laughs> that's karma they need to go back and start making go back and start, start making better life choices <laughs> 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 maybe it was because there were so many you know there's so many that you just yeah. couldn't keep up with it there was nothing nothing glaring because they the, the references were just there on the screen all the time mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean this film is one of those films where you know you can go back and watch it multiple times and you know even probably freeze frame it and be picking uh picking things out for 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 ages you know um i know that mm -hmm. there are things online that actually point out you know something like 350 visual references in the film um you know in the background and all crazy stuff like that but i, I almost felt like it was kind of um you, you know you know uh the inside of my head on screen <laughs> if you know what i mean because obviously there was all the movies and tv shows and video games and mm. uh but also all the sort of musical you know references as well the the pop music of the time and uh and all of that sort of thing and for ages when i was watching it to start with um because i didn't know anything about it before going to see it 
And when, you know, when they were going through the first game, I was like, I was kind of scratching my head a little bit because I was thinking, okay, so this takes place in sort of 2044 or whatever it is. And, um, uh, you, you know, the, the, the world all changed like a decade from now in, you know, 2028 or whatever. They had this, this you know, uh, you know what, what they called it, the broadband wars or whatever it was and um, all of that stuff. And I thought, but why are all these, why are all these references largely sort of from the, the, the 80s and 90s? Because, you know, it doesn't make sense. Why, why, why would the kids be referencing that? And then it wasn't until the, uh, the Simon Pegg and Mark Rylance um, characters came and you sort of realize, oh, right, yeah, that they're, they're going to be, you know, that their characters are a similar age to what will be in 10 years' time. And it's like, okay, so they grew up in the same era we did and obviously it all made total sense then but but i was a little distracted by it to start with because i was thinking why in the future would everybody be obsessed with these things from the uh you know from the 80s and whatnot but uh but you know that's having not read the book or or, or knowing the, the the sort of story behind it um prior to seeing it <laughs> yeah i have to say it it, it took a, a little while to warm up I must admit, at the beginning, I was kind of like, uh, I was really kind of on the fence at the beginning. I was like, oh, I don't know, don't know about this. This is a bit, you know, when he's uh, in the stacks and he's scaling down all the different sort of, uh, I don't know, were they caravans or trailers? Yeah, the trailer stacks. stacks yeah, yeah. And you know, he's going past all the people who are doing all the. Um, you know, you can see them online and and stuff like that, and um, you know, and then he goes in, and I was just like, oh, okay, this is this is fine, but uh, I'm not really, you know, getting into it. But then, um, I think it was once the the race started, and you know, you found out more about the uh, the creator of of the Oasis. Um, what was his name? Uh, Hall Halliday, Halliday, Halliday yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, dying and setting this contest up. Then it got, I then I sort of got drawn into it a bit more. Yeah, I mean, have, have either of you guys actually read the novel? No, I, I, I haven't, no, but I, no. but everybody that I know has. <laughs> so <laughs> I was asking them, I was like drilling them for questions about after the fact, you know, what's different, what's the same, and actually, in the novel, um, at the beginning of the novel. Apparently, there's a huge section about uh, how much the 80s culture has 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 invaded pop culture because of the Oasis and because of Halliday, and uh, and that was something they pretty much left out of the movie because in the movie, um, in the in the novel, apparently everything is 80s. In the movie, there's a lot of 90s and you know there's modern references to video games and other things. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. in the in the novel, there's not apparently. It's all 80s. So um, in one of the in his uh, trailer. Uh, there was a bag of Dorito chips on the table, and it was an old-style '80s bag of Doritos chips, <laughs> like the like the actual you know design of the bag itself. Oh right. So, yeah. so I mean that goes along with the book in the sense that '80s culture has just permeated society so much because of this oasis and because of how much you know that they're in there that every everything, including you know advertising and marketing for things in the real world, still follow kind of that '80s flavor. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but the movie didn't really say that and because of that they uh um 
I don't know. I feel like that was a kind of a missed opportunity because I mean, it was a little off-putting. Even though, even knowing that was the thing, it was a little off-putting. And until you see the characters, you're like, okay, that makes a little bit of sense. But even still, you're like, well, but why? Like because he, especially Holiday, when there was that scene with Holiday and and uh, Simon Pegg's character, which I don't remember his name, but um, they were wearing '80s clothes, like very '80s clothes. And you know, we don't wear '80s clothes, <laughs> you know, now. So it was, you know what I mean, like. <laughs> What do you mean? I'm sat here in my uh, in my Don Johnson <laughs> Miami Vice outfit, right? Well, right. I, I, let's say the rest of us don't wear even clothes, <laughs> except for except for a super unhip Keith. <laughs> oh. oh dear. Uh, so, but no, it was. I, I know it, what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 some of it was some of it was quite on the nose, and you're right. And it was kind of a it was kind of a bit of everything. I mean, obviously there was a lot of eighties in there, but, but you're absolutely right. I mean, they had a lot of um, stuff from nineties and, you know, two thousands as well. It was kind of a, it was kind of a, a bit of everything really. Um, you, yeah. you know, what, what, what I, what I thought was interesting is, you know, as much as all the stuff that was, was seen on screen um, was the amount of stuff that, that actually for various reasons couldn't be, um, for example, in, in, in the novelization or the, or sorry, the book, not the novelization, the book, um, in, in the book that this was based on, uh, there's, there's, there's a, there's a hell of a lot of Blade Runner reference, which mm-hmm. even though it's the same studio, they, they, they couldn't do that because, um, they were making 2049 at the same time. So they, 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 they veered from that. And then also because of obviously competing Disney, um, they couldn't have any sort of Star Wars MCU or Tron references, you, you know, which would have all seemed quite obvious. You mm. know, obviously the Millennium Falcon gets a mention, but but the, but obviously there's nothing, nothing visual in there. In fact, I quite like the fact that they sort of replaced it with Battlestar Galactica, which uh, which obviously, uh, <laughs> y- 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 you know, I smiled at. Saying that, I heard the sound of a Tie Fighter at one yes. point. So there there mm-hmm. was there was a, there was an audio reference. Well, I think yeah. I even saw the back of an X-wing at some point. Oh, really? Thought, okay. Yeah, there was a part in the beginning where a bunch of ships mm. flew by, and I think one of them was an X-wing. Quite possibly. Sure yeah. It wasn't a Viper. You sure it wasn't? No, a Viper? it could be. Could be. <laughs> yeah. There was a Viper in the background in, in that in the warehouse or what have you. So, yeah, there, yeah, was, uh, yeah, there sure. were several cool ships back there. Um, sure. Yeah. Did you and know I... that um, that the the shine? Well, I guess spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> yes. Here come the spoilers. Um, <laughs> The scene in the in the Shining, yeah, um, wasn't in the book at all. That's right. Yes, and uh, and I'm I'm sure that was something that was put in by uh, Spielberg. I must admit, I'm sitting here while we're recording wearing my Jack Torrance T-shirt. So because <laughs> that was that was the my favorite oh, part. No play, and <laughs> yeah. it was ah. Uh, it was. It was. A, I must admit, my jaw actually drops. That especially when they walk in there and they're actually in the Overlook Hotel. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. It, it was perfect. Yeah. I, I, they must have used footage from the film. I. I think. I think the shot with the opening shot was probably the bit where you know Jack Torrance is coming down the stairs or something, and they just removed him. But it, it just. It was amazing how how it just that that whole stuff worked i i actually just read an article about that scene and mm. they said that, that most of it was cgi believe it or not 
Wow. The only parts, the only parts that weren't CGI were when people were like the twins were in there or when there were actual people in the scene or in the room two two seven. Those were those were a built set with a person. Oh. But but yeah, and then they did use a couple shots from the film to uh, to overlay. But but overall, mostly mm. it was CGI a CGI recreation of that set. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that 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 that's mad. And I mean, uh, you yeah. know, I think like like you said, Simon, that was a uh, you know a, a, a Spielberg homage to to kubrick you know uh mm-hmm. was was to go there just just <laughs> the fact that um such that all the connections between spielberg and kubrick and the shining because the fact was that um production was delayed on uh temple of doom because was it temple of doom or raiders because of they were probably raiders because they were using elstree studios to film uh the shining and of course he burnt part of it down he burnt part of Elstree Studios down. There was a fire at the end of The Shining when they were filming there, because he just he took over the whole whole place. So, so it was that and the the whole clue about the the artist who uh, didn't like his creation or what was done with his creation, the whole um, Stephen King Kubrick thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that was that was no, oh, that was great. Yeah, no, no, that that was good. I mean, I, I had a big smile on my face there because um, actually, Dan, when I last saw you la- last mm-hmm. year, I was lucky enough to go to um, uh, Universal's Halloween Horror Nights um, mm-hmm. over at, in, in Florida. And um, I don't know whether you went to it at all, Dan, but they actually had a one of the mazes was The Shining and oh, um, wow. and they did it so well. I mean, it was it was so well done and uh you, you know it, it brought a smile to my face because you know just a few months back i was i was doing that and then i thought oh and now these characters are doing exactly that so uh, <laughs> you, you know it was it was it was really good to see that but because apparently in the move in the book that part is um war games that's or, right uh, yes uh, monty yep. python and the holy grail where they actually sort of reenact the scenes yeah and uh they decided um you know, not to go there and, and do it that way. And, well, and just yeah, try and make it a bit more visual. It's very geeky from what I heard, because you have to know every you, you have to be word perfect. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, is uh, especially with a film the size. Um, I mean, how how much of the pop culture is still connected to war games anymore? I mean, does anybody even remember <laughs> war games? I mean, yes. we do. Yeah, <laughs> I think if you say, uh, shall we play a game? People people understand what that reference is i mean it's you know, I pro- hope, I hope they all think it's sore now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you want me to tell you the saddest thing ever <laughs> i went to see this movie with a couple guys from work um one was in his 30s mm-hmm. one was in his late 20s uh, neither one of them had seen the shining even ah uh, oh my god or war games so neither oh, one right. would have made, made a difference but but there i i mentioned a few references out of it like oh i saw this i saw that and they had no idea hadn't seen any of this stuff but the shining i was like the shining come on well (laughs) that was the only thing about that scene i was thinking well people who who watched ready player one and then go and see the shining are going to be really disappointed because there's not this like massive zombie woman with an axe running around (laughs) 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 it's like they're going to be a a little bit disappointed when it's like you know just jack nicholson yeah, yeah. Just, it's just a ballroom. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, they didn't they do that brilliantly? But you know what? This this whole point actually does does sort of beg the question, which which some have said is, is this film just really a shallow nostalgia fest aimed at people like us, or is it actually a good film? You know mm. that I, I've heard the argument that um that you know both both about the book um you know mm-hmm. about Ernest Klein's book and also. Uh, this film um, just being, you know, not having any real sort of substance and just being literally a, um, you know, a fanboy's, uh, you know, fantasy and and nothing more. And uh, I don't know, because for for me, I think there is a little bit of a a social uh, message in this, but I I just wonder what you guys thought. Well, I've said this before to you already, Keith. We've had this little conversation. I was kind of bothered by the ending. So, and I'll tell you what I mean. Um, so, at the beginning of the film, we've shown this world, which is, you know, it's falling apart. It's People aren't bothered uh, because they're all in the oasis. still, you know, they, they've got their heads in the sand. So, the, mm-hmm. the planet around them is sort of decaying and going to to hell and so at the end of the film it didn't feel like there was any change when it came to that you see you see our our hero and the girl and they've got a nice apartment and you know they're doing all right and you know they say oh and you know we we shut down the oasis on a you know two days a week but people you know people quite annoyed with us for that but i got no sense that through them gaining control of the oasis that anything was going to happen to the world yes that they they shut down the 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 evil company and they've stopped doing those sort of labor camps but i i i really felt well you've set up this world where it's you know it's in decay it's crumbling it's it's in a terrible state and now you're in control of sort of the world's currency and you don't seem to be doing anything about it. Mm. And it did kind of bother me a little bit. I, I do understand it's a film, it's a fantasy, and that the goal of the film was that, uh, you know, that the hero, uh, Parseval or Wade, you know, he, he wins the prize. But it it felt a bit hollow when the world's, you know, is going, going to fuck. No, I I am I wasn't upset with the with the fact that it was basically just a simple story, just a fantasy with you know where the boy gets the girl and and uh, they were just trying to tell a story of this particular moment in time in this universe, this world that they'd created, um, except for which is uh, much to Simon's point that when you set up a dystopian world like that, there almost seems to need there almost needs to be some sort of a um, some progression there. Um, some sort of an answer to that at the end as well, and why? Because the dystopian world is what kind of created the oasis. So, if if you're if you've now control the oasis, then then you should be able to maybe affect back into the dystopian world. Whereas if it was a world like we live in, and they had the oasis, it wouldn't matter. You know, it would just be like, yay, we won, and that was it. <laughs> you know, we got a million dollars or whatever, a zillion dollars. Um, but yeah, so I, so I do agree with that point that the that it's weird that they had that world and then nothing really happened there when it was when the when Wade won the contest. 
Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, the the other thing that kind of bothered me as well was that um, with the uh, the evil uh, corporation, you know, they they seem to be acting like a, a private police force. So I was really quite surprised when the actual police turned up at the end. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, where right where the, the hell have you been throughout this whole film? <laughs> you know, especially yeah. when there's been that explosion at the stacks, and there was like. No, you know, you you didn't see any police or anything, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I mean that th- th- there are problems there. Mm. I mean, let let let's be honest. The, the, the this this future world that they set up. I mean, it is you know massively dystopian. Um, obviously incredibly classist by the looks as well. Mm. And um, y- you know, let's be honest, not a particularly not a particularly nice place to live. However, you know the the sort of societal message about it is you, you, you know one could almost see this happening <laughs> because uh yeah. you, you know corporations are you, you know are when it becomes to entertainment and intellectual properties and whatever and that whole thing about um you know entertainment versus you, you, you know money making uh enterprises and uh you, you, you know, you know this this whole sort of thing about they say you know millennials don't get out and have enough exercise and all of this sort of stuff and they spend mm-hmm. too long playing video games and and all of that sort of thing. So it's so it's a little bit there, but they don't really go there, do they? It's it's kind of um, yeah, it's kind of just about sort of the idea is tickled rather than explored. Mm. I, I sort of felt, and um, but that's okay. I mean, it's all right for it just to be a a fun movie and I had a really fun time with it. So I'm not dissing it for that fact, but, um, but, 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 you know, there are those, those sort of people who are negative about both the book and, and the film as just being that sort of bit of, um, you, you know, mindless, shallow, um, nostalgia. That's, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, you, you know, <laughs> considering what Spielberg has said in the past about the state of Hollywood, do you think this was a dig at Hollywood? Do you think that the the evil corporation was Hollywood? Oh gosh, you may be right. <laughs> you might be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you might uh, be right. That's a good point. Because you know, yeah, it, it, he has, it's, he, it's, he's, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's the artist Spielberg at odds with the businessman Spielberg, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> so uh, it it yeah, that that that's, that is a tricky one, and yeah. and I think yeah, it it could be. I don't know whether that's just something to read into it or whether that's actual intention. I don't know what is the answer to that or my answer. I don't know. I'll just clarify for people who don't know what I mean. Um, a couple of years ago, Spielberg um, went on record saying that uh, Hollywood was heading for a fall if it kept going down this route of just making blockbuster films of like superhero films and stuff, because at one, at some point people are going to stop seeing us because this feeding viewers, the same thing over and over again, people get bored. You know, there's only so many, mm-hmm. so much of, of like a superhero film that people will take before they start walking out. We've seen it in the past. We saw it happen to the musicals. People stopped going. And the Western. And the yeah, Western. The musical and then yeah. the Western. Yeah. 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 And they're, they're spending more and more money on these films and they have to bring back bigger returns. To think that, you know, back in the late 70s, one film 
you know, took down a studio, Heaven's Gate. And yet we have films out there yeah. now that cost 10 times, 100 times more than Heaven's Gate does. And has the, they have the ability to do far more damage. So, so having this sort of corporation that's always sort of, you know, trying to make money out of nostalgia, it's kind of like the state of Hollywood right now. Oh, big time. I mean, look at look yeah. at the films we've... T- I mean, it's quite funny, it's a shame mm. James isn't on here, because I think he kind of started to make a point about would this be the film that would sort of break the back of 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 reboots and franchises and nostalgia stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, obviously being absolutely bloody filled to the brim with it itself as a movie. Yeah. But... Um, uh yeah it, it's 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 an interesting one and um you, you know i've been thinking i think about this stuff way too much but um <laughs> I, I, I i've been thinking a lot about you, you know this film really appealed to me and i was kind of thinking well what does that say about me you know and, and the discussions we've been sort of having about the fact that that you know, I absolutely loved Rogue One, for example, which which was was which was a total nostalgia fest. If, if there is anything, you know, um, I really enjoyed, the, you know, the Force Awakens, which is, um, you, you know, again very derivative of 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 New Hope. And you know, as as I got feedback, I, I'm somewhat negative about. Last Jedi, it. which is trying to break the mold, you know. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, yeah, you know, it's. it's <laughs> That's it. We've lost everybody. <laughs> yeah, we've lost the whole audience. They're all gone. Right. Uh, trust, trust like, me, they tuned, they they tuned out years ago. <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, it, it it's 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 um, you know, and, and this is happening. I mean. You know, we've got TV shows now that are all literally based on nostalgia and doing really well. Um, and a lot of that 80s as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting. And, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the answer is, but um, uh, it, well, it's, it's an interesting one to explore, you know. You know, it's, it's a weird time. And um, as a father, what's strange is I think this has got to be one of the few times in history where... The, the properties that I grew up with are the same properties that exist now and my kids play with mm. and enjoy. Yeah. So I don't, my, I didn't share that with my dad and I doubt he shared it with his dad, you know, not in the same way. Um, that would have been more normal everyday <laughs> life things, <laughs> but like movies and TV and that sort of stuff. That's, that's the same stuff that I watched as a kid is still popular today and maybe even more so in some ways. And uh, it's, it's weird to see, you know, that, you know, like here we are in our 40s and uh, and here are kids, you know, much younger who absolutely enjoy the exact same thing that we enjoy. We were exactly mm-hmm. their age. So I, mean, I think that feeds a lot into why we why we're seeing yeah. a lot of this, too. I mean, from that point of point of view, that is yeah. really nice because, um, you know, there's there's not much that me, my father, you know, had in common. So to think that if if I mm-hmm. had children that there would be things, you know, that I would have a, a common, you know, palance with, with, with my own child. But um, mm-hmm. I also think that's kind of a bad thing because it just shows there's, we don't seem to be moving on. You know, right. once yeah. once all right. these properties run out, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, yes, okay, the thing, Star Wars is, you know, 
comes from Lucas wanting to make Flash Gordon. And the people who own Flash Gordon mm-hmm. went, nah, you can't have it. So he came up mm. with his own thing. And it, you know, where are those films? You know, that just this weird thing where we, we're kind of in this circle at the moment where, you know, films that are coming out of the cinema, you know, are just remakes or rehashes of, of films that we saw 20, 30, 40 years ago. Hollywood has always done that in the history of cinema, but the difference now is it is literally it's it's that kind of um, content versus corporation type thing. I, I mean, you know, you know, like your example with Star Wars and Flash Gordon is a good one, and also mm. you, you know one could say Indiana Jones and in the in the sort of you know B movies of the forties and fifties and whatever, right? Those those serial mm-hmm. serial adventures, serialized adventures, but. Um, but so, so, you know, filmmakers have always done this. And what's interesting about Ready Player One is actually Spielberg is almost, you know, a generation older doing that because most of the, the, the filmmakers that are our generation, you, you know, the same sort of age as us guys, are making these films that, that are now referencing everything. And, uh, you know, Steve Spielberg, I guess, was being careful not to self-reference himself too much in this, but instead <laughs> the... the, 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 the his peers around him, like Robert Zemeckis, obviously, um, you, you know, is, is massively referenced. Yes. To the, the, the Zemeckis Cube or whatever it That's is. That's it, yes, the, Z- the Zemeckis <laughs> yeah. Cube. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know, it's, it, it, but, but now it's about, these these are properties, aren't they? They're, they're, yeah. they're corporate properties as opposed to just... Um, an idea or or a or a or a concept or or a premise it's gone beyond that it's gone to the product hasn't it it's 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 interesting and and you know we grew up in that totally you know uh yes there's always been remakes but the thing is the remakes have come from artists so if we take the thing you know it's it's not a re it's not a it is a remake of the howard hawks film but it it's completely different you know they yes. went back to the original source material and they come up with this original design for a creature the fact that it didn't have one shape it had many forms it wasn't a guy who was in a kind of frankenstein kind of outfit you know going along going, it was supposed to be a <laughs> vegetable yes going uh. yeah they they went and did something completely different uh re- you know went back to the source material made it more about paranoia you know that you know there was this couple of scientists but you didn't have like like military men or you know it wasn't so you know they did something different the the films that are being made now they are exactly the same it's like they cannot touch they cannot change it it's mm-hmm. like if you're making a Star Wars film, you've got to have these things in it. And it's got to follow this storyline. I, I mean, again, an, an, another guilty one of myself mm. uh, being totally about nostalgia is, you know, we're always talking about the MCU films yeah. and, and mm. the sort of forgotten the forgotten film in the MCU is actually The Incredible Hulk, the, the, the Ed Norton version yeah. um obviously you know it's been completely wrecked on with with ruffalo who, who's great as well you know but um I, I you know a lot of the reason i loved that film was because 
it was it it was a nostalgia film to Kenneth Johnson's uh, yes you know 70s stroke 80s tv series so you know you had the lonely man theme in there the casting of ed norton was very you know he was much more similar to a bill bixby type than than say mark ruffalo is for example um they had the 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 eyes as the trigger for 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 his um transformation his, his, yeah his transformation they, they they even in the beginning titles you know reference the whole gamma radiation machine and everything you know right down to almost an identical shot from the 70s and of course i loved all that shit because i loved that old tv show from when i was a kid mm. but uh, and obviously marvel have moved away from that and probably rightly so but um you, you know it, it is it is interesting that it's sort of i'm wondering you know if we, if if you and i I'm, all all of us here you, you know aspired to become uh, you know, big time filmmakers and, you know, we're doing our own little projects. But if we were there in the Hollywood system and we were fortunate enough to be doing that as a job, would, you know, would we be doing the same things? Would we be referencing all the shit that we loved when we were growing up? Uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know the answer to that because I think probably I put I references say... galore in my short films as it is, you know, <laughs> so, ones that I can't get sued for, I might point out, but, you know, tiny references. And the, th the thing with this is this was by its own intention and by its own story, completely unsubtle in every way, shape and form. You know, <laughs> it wasn't a nod. It wasn't a tip of the hat. It was a blatant, um, you, you know, let's go there reference from, from, from all aspects of, of, of culture, you know, mm -hmm. um, pop culture, should I say, but you know, not just the movies, you know, everything. And, uh, you know, like you were saying at the beginning, Dan, about Doritos for heaven's sake, you know, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really interesting, uh, debate, I guess, which, which I get, you know, I think will be going on for, for, for quite a long time, I, I expect. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And I think, I do think if I was put in that position, I would probably fall right into that same category and do the references and, and be thrilled by it, you know? Doing yeah. it. I mean, I'd have to say because you know how how exciting would it be to be you know making a Star Wars movie or an Indiana Jones movie or a you know a MCU or whatever you know yeah, one I mean, of your favorite I mean, characters. Absolutely. I mean, I mean yeah. JJ and you know John Favreau and you know all of these guys that are doing this stuff. They're only yeah. you know they're only a few years older than us. They're essentially still Generation Xs. You know, right. and um, uh, you know, you know, and and that they love these things and a lot of the showrunners on tv series now uh, are massive fanboys that kind oh, of uh, you know got into it so um you, you know I, I i don't know i mean i think in the case of ready player one uh, i look at it as a as a piece of harmless entertainment it's uh -huh. not like it's the only type of thing that that, that spielberg's knocking out he's 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 doing his you know i liken it to when he he went and made jurassic park and then you know while the post-production for that was going on he went and did schindler's list which no doubt is his most important film of his career right so i look at this as kind of you know he shot this and then while they were spending the years doing the the the, the visual effects aspect of this he went and made the post and and you know he's lucky mm -hmm. enough that he can he can have a foot in each camp if you like and and, and do that and i don't think there's anything wrong with that because art is 
you, you know, an art and entertainment, they don't need to be mutually exclusive. That uh -huh. you know, they 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 can be. You can do both at the same time, and that's what the great stuff is, really. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to ask you a question though about uh, would I be doing references and stuff, and you know, would I? I I do do references. You know, it, I I think as filmmakers, we like referencing. Uh, you know, the things we like. It, it's just it's a natural thing. I think it's very difficult not to to do that because we don't live in bubbles you know yeah we, you know we're part of this part of this world so there's there's lots of you know influences and stuff and you you, you want to put that in in your stories uh though when it would come to actually you know working on one of these films i don't know how well i would do personally i i don't know if i could toe the line at the end of the day yes. i think if we're on the same page great if not, then there's going to be a lot of creative differences. Oh, yeah. And and I just want to say, we've seen a lot of directors fall out with these projects. I mean, Solo, <laughs> the original directors yeah. left because of creative differences. And from what I hear, because those guys are into improvisation, doesn't kind of have this, the right fit for Star Wars. I don't know. I mean, I've not seen what they did. It might have been. It might have been interesting. It might have been something different. But then it it might have been the Twenty One Jump Street of Star Wars, which yeah. you know it wouldn't work. Yeah. But then, yeah, yeah, I'm... but when I think about Edgar Wright being fired from Ant Man, mm -hmm. I do wonder what it was that he you know that he wanted to do that was so offensive or just so wrong that he was you know completely kicked off that project. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing, because the because the studios are now essentially run by corporations. Um, you, you know, all of these things are, you know, largely down to committee mm. and whatever now. And I think, um, you, you, you know, if if you want to be a sort of true independent film, you know, a true auteur or whatever, then then you do have to be an independent filmmaker to a certain extent because the. Um, the uh, you, you know the franchise films and the blockbusters, uh, particularly with the amount of money and whatever involved now, um, you, you, you know the studio has massive influence on this stuff. Yes. But I mean, I think I think I think the the thing with the whole, it almost feels like because of social media and whatever now, it almost feels like this thing about directors and creative differences and being replaced and all this is 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 kind of a. Uh, a thing, uh, you, you know, a new thing that's happening. But I mean, you, you know, Gone with the Wind uh, got through about four directors. I mean, this has been again going on for the history of yeah. cinema. It's just we, mm -hmm. we, 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 we didn't know so much about it. I, I just want to say though, there's there's a trend at the moment to get new directors to do these films, and mm -hmm. before it would have been more seasoned directors they would have brought on to these projects. And the, the the feeling I get when you see that is that they feel that they can have more control over a new director or somebody with less of a, a track record so that they can get their own way. There, there's, it seems that Hollywood has not learnt the lesson of Alien Free. You can't have all these cooks in the kitchen and have a product mm -hmm. that's any good or, you know, the, the yeah. best it could be. 
Yeah. Now we had, we but, had to get Alien in there, didn't we? I mean, <laughs> but, but, but no, but your, your point, and, and of course, Alien features quite heavily in Ready Player One, but there yes. you go. Um, but, but, but yeah, your point um, is, is, is the same point that, that kind of uh, Ridley Scott was quite vocal about recently, um, you know, about the fact that they're letting sort of inexperienced, almost like first time filmmakers that are kids essentially make these films. And, uh, you know, I guess he's saying that because they're not coming to him, perhaps. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the kettle calling the pot black, because oh. how many films did Ridley Scott make before he directed Alien? One. Yeah, well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. but um. But but also, I mean, you, you know, what's interesting uh, to that point as well is the fact that um, you know, these these dudes that were doing uh, solo were replaced by Ron Howard, who is a very seasoned director. So um, you know, with a massive track record yeah. and a lot of variety in what he's done. So, yeah. But also somebody who know who's been known to toe the line. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah true. maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. more of, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's it's who knows, who knows what goes on. <laughs> I I do get a sense though now more than ever that the, the the business side of the movie business is forefront, you know, is is much more in the forefront than it used to be in the sense that I feel like we get lots of sequels and to movies that weren't good in the first place. Like how many Transformers movies do we need to see? Yeah, uh-huh. that that really aren't. And I've decided or realized actually in the last maybe two Transformers ago or so. I'm like, these movies aren't made for me. They're made for China. They're not, you know, they're made for the other parts of the, of the world that really eat these up. And, and they're not always made for, for American audiences or audiences in the UK. But they're made to sell or... toys, aren't they, as well? Well, I mean, yes. They're made to sell Yeah, toys. a bit. But I mean, like, you know, like none of them have gotten good reviews, but they've all made great money, you know, or same with like, like Underworld. You know, like there's so many of these movies that, that, you, they come out, and years ago, they wouldn't have made a sequel to these movies, but they'll make, like, ten sequels today. I mean, how many Resident Evil movies are there? You yeah. know, it's like... The, the thing is, all those films have made money, and exactly. that's that's why they just keep churning them out. They're... Which is which is part of the problem, is that yeah. is that we, we I don't say me particularly, but, but somebody out there is paying money to see these garbage movies, and so they keep giving us more garbage, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and... And sometimes, you know, we get a good one here or there, but, but for the most part, it's like, it really is like, you know, I, I feel like if we invest, you know, 75 million into this, we'll make 300 million. And that's, that's good. We're good with that, hmm. you know, just to keep the bottom line going. And that's, that shouldn't be the way people make, you know, do oh, art. Oh, definitely I not. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm really simplifying things here, but yeah. essentially you, you, if you look back over the history, you know, back when you had the studio system, the mm-hmm. people who ran the studios then were, um, you, you know, people who were passionate about film and, and telling stories. Mm-hmm. And then and then when you got that sort of, um, you, you know, wave that we like to talk about, you know, the, the sort of maverick ones of the of the 70s um, onwards, they, they they were lucky because they were essentially independent film directors that were kind of to a certain extent, giving, given free reign because that was before the 
corporations started taking over the mm. studios and then you know we're, we're in the thing now where all the all these studios and different platforms and whatever they're all they're all owned by big conglomerate corporations that are into all sorts of stuff and then mm. it does become about bottom line money and it's run by you know accountants lawyers and marketeers and and it's that sort of thing that's always going to be at odds with the art and the artist you know and and the, and again the films that do it best are the ones that can can sort of toe that line and be you know entertaining um with some art and integrity and message and whatever but still do very well at the box office and when that happens we're going to get more of them it's that that stands to reason you know yeah (laughs) i have to say though i think the studio system was akin to a factory i mean they churned films out and oh totally you know and, and do you remember the, the films that we look back fondly? Think of all the hundreds and thousands of other films that nobody even talks about these days. You know, sure. there is there's there's a massive back catalogue of stuff that you know. It's like when we think of the eighties, we think of certain songs, but we forget about all the crap that came out back then as well. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot. There's a there's a lot of stuff. A lot of music that you you know. Never sees the light of day anymore. Well, like, like the home video era as well. <laughs> yeah. We all grew up in. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, in it. the day, it is a business. And yep. Always. You know, yeah. and if it makes money, they're going to make more of it because, you know, they just like making money. So, sure. well, that's so commerce. That, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. show, it's show business, not yeah. show art. You know, it's an right. industry. But I, so, what I think yeah. has changed is for a time there, they didn't know the studios and you know didn't know quite what was making money or how to make the money and it was kind mm-hmm. of given to the artists because they were like magicians they knew they knew this dark art that created money so they yep. you know they let them sort of take the reins there for a while but as soon as they discovered the secret of making money they went what <laughs> the controls <laughs> back with us now you know we know the tricks we know what works yep. It seems like um, CGI was a big part of that. It seems like mm. the CGI effects um, have been the thing that has catapulted this, you know, this this idea of just how to make money is just you pile it with effects, tons of effects, and you don't really have to worry about the story that much. Yeah. As long as you have, you know, big creatures fighting or big, you know, uh, cities being destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Cities being destroyed. <laughs> blue light to the sky. You know, some kind of thing. You know, it always has to be the same kinds of things. But um, I think, Simon, in the last uh, podcast, you mentioned that they don't make, you know, we don't make these like $40, $50 million movies yeah. anymore. And those were yeah. the ones of our youth that were, um, you know, that really interesting things came out of that were fun and, and still popcorn movies, still that kind of thing. Um, but, but really interesting ideas. And in fact, a lot of the sequels, reboots that are happening now came from those movies. Yeah, but, um, but the thing is they don't, they're not allowed to do that anymore because now, you know, and it's kind of, which is funny because taking it full circle all the way back to what you said about, is this Spielberg kind of poking at Hollywood? It could be in the sense that here I am, I'm making an original property that has nothing original in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's true. And he's making lots <laughs> of references to films yeah. that, as we say, were, were made for that, you know, middle budget. I mean, the yes. fact, I mean, the, the Buckaroo Banzai. Yes. You know, <laughs> reference. Oh my God. You know, yeah. which was a, a total flop when it came out. You know, yep. and it's only the years, years later. You know, it's a cult hit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, w- speaking of which, Keith, have you watched it yet? 
I know. I, I, I'm embarrassed to say that that was one of the references. I got it because of all the imagery. So yes. I understood the reference, but I thought, uh, yeah, I haven't watched the movie yet. I would yet, like to have my I copy still back. got Simon's Arrow <laughs> Blu-ray. Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you no. like it, Simon? I, I, I love it. I, I, I must yeah. admit, it's, it's a guilty pleasure. Uh, <laughs> it's it's One, crazy right? and weird, and I just love it. <laughs> and the fact to see uh, Jeff Goldblum dressed up as a cowboy is just puts a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in the in the theater when when I was a kid, and oh, I didn't wow. like okay. it then. It was oh. a little too out there as a kid, right? But uh, and I tried watching it maybe ten years ago or so, and it still felt a little too out there for me. But I, I want to try that again because yeah, try it again. I, like I mean, made... I sort of discovered it sort of only like a few years ago, so ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I think I think the reason I missed it first time round was because um, you know, like I said, I watched lots of stuff on home video and used to get a lot of stuff, but often mm -hmm. these these were you know my, my dad was paying for it and these were family type events and my mm. dad was obviously he has certain tastes and i think that uh you know buckaroo banzai was probably a little bit too out there for him to rent at the time so yeah. um <laughs> even uh, still so we, probably <laughs> we probably saw uh romancing the stone instead or something <laughs> i don't know but yeah. uh but, but 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 you know um uh this this whole um Oh, by the way, this is totally geeky. I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, there's, there was one little um, sort of mashup uh, visual reference in the film that I loved, and that was the fact that the, uh, you know, the the DeLorean from Back to the Future also had, um, you know, the the the, the scanner from oh, the uh, from from Kit from Knight <laughs> yep. Rider, and and, and, you, and you know what? There's a this is really nerdy, but there's a real weird bit of symmetry there because um, obviously. The, the DeLorean for Back to the Future was partly designed by Andrew Probert, who did, obviously, along with Greg Jean, he built the Enterprise for Star Trek, the motion picture, right? But oh. also, And also Ron Cobb was involved, who did all the non-Geiger stuff on Alien. Yeah. yeah. But uh, there was also a chap called Michael Sheffy that uh, worked on the construction of the um, DeLorean. And he originally did kit for glenn larson for the uh for the tv series so it's really weird that that this thing had a sort of blend of all those of all those wow. things in the car but i must admit i did i chuckled at that one and i also love the fact they had the 60s batmobile in there because i yes. still love that design yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh so, yeah i mean there was there's there's, there's so many <laughs> things in it that you kind of blinked and missed i mean i i knew it i knew the batmobile was there but i didn't quite see it I knew it was there in the race, but I didn't. Even the eighteen van was there. Uh, it was, like you said, it is literally. You know, we are too busy looking at Kong or the T Rex or whatever, and there's some of those things. It's sort of blink and you'll miss it. But um, uh, but then there was other stuff that was that was totally in your face, and uh, I'm sure you were happy to see that she used the. Uh, the the alien pulse rifle at one point yes, as well yeah yeah, yeah that was awesome you smile yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I I knew the Akira bike was going to be in it as well from the yeah, trailers of course, but yeah. yeah that was yeah. that was good to see I was wondering see... whether Roger Rabbit was going to appear anywhere but I didn't notice uh, that I you know I noticed Lara Croft and you know obviously all the DC stuff but... I I wouldn't be surprised I'm sure he's I'm sure I'm sure he's in there somewhere. I mean, as you say, yeah. Zemeckis. But then again, it, it's owned by Disney, so... 
Yeah, maybe true. not. Yeah. Mm. yeah, maybe not. And of course, we got the horror icons in there as well, which I was pleased yes. about. Oh, oh yeah, I love the the Chucky oh. grade. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that was yeah. a great part. <laughs> <laughs> I got a big laugh. Oh, it did. It did. Uh, none yeah. of us though are referencing the, the the major nod to spielberg and that was the fact that one of the villains chest was the skull from um temple of doom <laughs> oh yes okay that's true. Yeah. <laughs> did you yeah, see the yeah. uh did you see the glaive from crawl yes oh yes that was oh, great yeah. that was great i was like yeah, yeah! <laughs> yeah, there was so much. There was so... And like I said, these are these are all movies. What made me laugh is it was almost like, oh, there's an advert for movie heaven, movie hell, because yes. uh, it yeah. was pretty much half the half the films that we've uh, we've talked about over the uh, over the run of the the show, which is quite funny. There's um, a, there's another horror reference, and I don't know if you've got it, but uh, you know the old lady who's uh, who lives in the stacks who, who talks to Wade a couple of times, and you know at the end as well says to um, Ben Mendelsohn's character, we know what you did, we'll remember. You know who that actress is? Mm-mm. It's, no, I don't think it's so. It's Claire Higgins. And Claire Higgins was in Hellraiser. Oh, right. Oh, no okay. way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. she's the, uh, the, the stepmother. Uh, one and two. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. She's okay. the one who's resurrected in um, Hellbound. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, you definitely spotted one there that I missed. So well yeah. done on that. I yeah. like that. Uh, it's just, yeah. I'm, I, like, I'm, I, like I am a, I'm a fan of this actress and there's been a couple of times where I've been like, I want to cast her in something. <laughs> I would love to work with her because she's, <laughs> she is an actress that, you know, she was great in those two Hellraiser films and, you know, she's popped up in stuff, but never, you know, she never really got her, her dues, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. No, absolutely. But um no, I mean, uh, you know, for for us guys it was it was yeah, mm. a, a reference fest. But one, yes. one of the things I do want to I do want to probe a bit more into is this whole okay, you know, the the society aspect of it. And the reason mm. I say that is you, you know, obviously he said other than sort of eating, sleeping and going to the bathroom, um you know, people would pretty much live in the oasis, right? But what I didn't understand was I, I was thinking, well, I mean, obviously there's there's all those people that would kind of live pretty much in the slums, you know, in the in the in the in the stacks and stuff. But you know, I was like, well, how do how do people make any money and 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 you know afford to eat? Well, they like? they make money for the the oasis. The oasis all the, yeah. Those all those coins and stuff. That's money. You know, well, in the oasis, that, yeah. But, but what about in the real world? I mean, no, no. But that's that's that that is real world money. Yeah, real world. It is real world real money. Real world money. <laughs> oh, so that, so those Bitcoin yeah. uh, point things they they could use in the real world as well. Yes, which, which was why he was a trillionaire at the end of it. Exactly. Yeah? Yeah. that's why he was able he was able yeah. to order the suit on you know the suit exactly. The, yeah. Yep. Right. 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 Yeah, and that's yeah. why and people actually, were in debt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, people were in prison for their debt, essentially, which is which is where I think it does reflect society. You know, Mm. (laughs) you know, this this that that dystopian future could be, you know, a reality someday if 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 we're not really careful. So I don't know. Was it partly cautionary tale, do you think? I don't know. It's kind of I mean, just just if we just talk briefly about the state of video games at the moment, because there is um 
there's something happening before now that never really happened before. So in the past, you bought a game and that was it. You owned it. You didn't have to pay anything more. Maybe they did a, a few add-ons later on down the line, which you would, you know, you you would pay for and, you know, enhance the game. But now uh, you can buy stuff in the game. You can buy loot boxes or loot crates, you know, which give you you know, extra powers or, you know, stuff that you saw in the film, you know, you know, when he bought like the, the holy hand grenade. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Well, in games, there's equivalent of that. You can buy weapons that will, you know, make you better than other players in the game, but you use real world money to get these things. So a game that costs like 50 pounds now, you could end up paying thousands of pounds on top of it if you wanted to progress through the game quicker. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's a great business model for the games companies. But, but you know, like I was saying, that the, 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 the thing, I mean, obviously in Ready Player One, like, like you said, they, they can use it to buy stuff in the real world. But the reality is that, you, you know, that system you're talking about there, they can buy stuff in the game, but they can't buy stuff in the real world, right, with, with, with credit. So you're, you're, you're just going to get you know, more and more in debt, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's, but I mean, but just the, with ready player one, they take that one step further where, you know, where real world money is now gone and it's, everything's in game. Mm-hmm. Every, yeah. Which is, which is the point of the keys and, you know, the whole point of the, the story. I, I, I get yeah, that. that was, that was I, the stakes. My, my, yeah. I, I get it. I get it in the context of the, of, of, of the, of the film and in, 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 in the book, but yeah, I'm just, you know, my worry is where where does that sort of reflect in in real society, you know, moving forward? And it's like, uh, and I'm not anti any of this well, stuff. I mean, I'm not anti video game or anything. We we've we've got Bitcoin at the moment. Now, Bitcoin is is a currency that just exists in computers. You there is no physical money involved. Yeah. It's kind of going that way. I mean, think of it. I mean, how no, much? I how much Apple uh, Pay yeah, time. Apple Pay, I, I, debit I, I, cards. I just use my phone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, and and my kids um, love this game called Roblox. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yes, um, I have heard of it. Yeah. So it's an online game that's free, but if you want to do things, same thing. You have to pay for it, and you could pay. They have subscriptions where you pay, you know, so much per month, and and the kids they don't see anything wrong with that. Like I had to spend so much time telling them this is not how the world works. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to pay money to a free game. You know, like this is a free game. You play the game and then that's it. But you know, we're not going to keep dumping money into this because there's no return on this at all. No. Like you're just mm-hmm. dumping money into the computer. Um, so, but they're like, well, but that's, but that's what you got to do. If I want to get this little hat or I want to do this, that's how I have to play this game. And uh, the same is true for apps. You know, so many apps are free that then they have, you know, pay to get coins or to get, you know, some sort of way to get ahead in the game, just like you were saying. Yeah. Um, and the younger generation is totally cool with that. Our generation is not because we didn't have that. And we, we grew up in the world of you buy a game and that's the game. And then you move on to the next thing and maybe you even sell that game. You had, there's a little bit of resale value, Yeah. but they're like, you know what? Yeah, this is how it works. You know, I want to, I'm sitting here, I'm playing my game. I just want to get ahead. I don't care. What's yeah. A couple right. dollars. And this is the thing as well. Now that games are not, you can you can buy it as like digital media. It's it's you know yep. from an online seller, and you don't yep. own it. That's that's the that's the crazy thing. It's like um, mm-hmm. if you uh, so you buy a, a Blu-ray or DVD, 
and you get the uh, sort of ultraviolet version, you know, the digital download mm-hmm. from it, you do not it, own it. It's that whole music. That's happened with music in all media now. It's going that way. So at any second, the the, the people who, who run it, if they decided that they're going to stop the service, that's it. It's gone. Boom. And if you mm-hmm. and you can pay for those films online, and I think that suddenly that you're something that you pay for, just gone. You know your iTunes, all those you yep. know songs, videos you you paid for on iTunes. If anything happened to Apple, Apple decided, oh, we're stopping that now, gone, and you mm-hmm. you, you and you don't see any of it because you yep. don't own it. You it, this is the thing you're paying for stuff now you don't own. You're like mm-hmm. just yeah. leasing, and physical any... media is yeah. is yeah on the decline for sure. Yeah, yeah. but no, it, it's, that's a bad thing because at least with physical media, you own it. It's there. You can watch it whenever you want. Um, you can sell it on, but with all this digital stuff, you know, you you don't own it. You're just leasing it, and if they don't, you know, and if you you don't use it anymore, or you want to sell it, you can't sell it on to anybody. You know, mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah, it, it, it's you know, it, it is. I feel it's kind of a sad state of affairs because, you know, at the end of the day, companies will own everything, and you're just leasing it off them. Yeah, well, that's that's the way. I mean, with with that one to sound like an old fart, and I really don't. <laughs> but, like, but, but Dan, you, you you back in my day. No, but you've you've got kids, and I mean, yes. What is what is your thoughts on that? I mean, is it, it uh, you know it, what Simon's saying about you know that being a uh, you know not being a good thing? I mean, obviously, what what are your thoughts as a parent? Is that a good thing or not? You mean the lack of physical media and physical owning of things? That, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I have to say, I'm actually, I'm, I'm a proponent kind of for, for owning uh, cloud-based items, um, just because I, I don't like the clutter. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And maybe yeah, the hoarder because, mentality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I do like having, you know, like I, I actually do have like a lot of movies up, you know, on Vudu and, uh, and those services. Um, but, uh, and I've, you know, converted a lot of my collection to do that just so I could watch them, you know, on a plane or wherever, you know, which I actually really do enjoy and I tend to watch them more, but, um, the kids, I mean, they don't seem to care. I mean, the, the difference is when we were growing up, you know, there was a social aspect to going to like a, a music store or a video store. And, uh, I don't, do you have Redbox over there? I don't know if you have that uh, No, we didn't have Redbox, but we, we, we do know yeah. what it says. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have something similar to that? That's a. Um, we kind of did. We had like a, you know, uh, I can't remember what the company was called, but you, you know, you ordered stuff online and it was sent to your home and you had it for like twenty eight oh, okay. days and then you sort of put it back into an envelope and send it back to them. Oh, oh well, okay, the love okay. film type. That's model, it. Yeah. It? Yeah. 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 So, so well, Redbox, maybe Redbox is a little different in the sense that Redbox is like a kiosk. I mean, you know that it's a kiosk next to a, like a, a drugstore or, or some other kind of store that you would rent a movie from. You just go up and you put the put the money in and you get a, an actual physical disc out of the box. And uh, about a year ago, I went to get one of those and had a, a experience I had not had for decades. And it was a movie store experience. There was a guy in front of me. He was putting a, mo- a movie back in the box. And he says, have you seen this movie? 
And I was like, no, I didn't know the guy. He says, have you seen this movie? I'm like, no. He's like, you've got to watch this movie. I'm putting it back in the box. As soon as I put it in, you've got to get this movie. This movie's awesome. And I was, and it, 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 it gave me a little glow inside because it was an experience I've just hadn't had in so long that I forgot that you even used to have those experiences. You know, where yeah, you were yeah. in a store and somebody would be next to you and they go, have you played that game or have you listened to that mm. album? You know, that's a, that you should pick that up. That's good stuff. And yeah, uh, well, that, I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I see the, you know, for, obviously I've worked in, in technology for years, so I mm-hmm. see all the sort of technological advent, advantages of, you know, less clutter and, and having less yeah. this stuff. But I also think that, you, you know, and I, and I know, and I know, you know, uh, younger generation don't, don't give a shit about owning, owning stuff and, and mm-hmm. having physical media. But what I always think is, is sad is, you know, you go to someone's home in the future and, and you, you can't, you know, you can't tell anything about that person because you can't like no. look at their, their um, music their collection Nothing. or their book collection <laughs> or their, or their movie collection or anything. And it's yep. kind of like, Oh, okay. That, that sort of aspect of, of society. I mean, I don't know whether it's dying, but it, it, it's diminishing slightly, isn't it? And, um, uh, well, you know, yes. And no. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say because uh, you know uh, rental stores have there's been a kind of a, a little bit of resurgence. I mean, there's I know they've there's a few places you know scattered around the place where they they've come back, but hmm. well, analog's well, big now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, with, yeah. with vinyl and um, yes. people are going yes. back to books rather than yeah. e-readers and stuff like that. So you know. I don't think people are going back to VHS outside of oh God, no. but i why mean would, why would you yeah why but i mean it, it would be nice to have that kind of you know going somewhere where there's other like-minded people and mm-hmm. you know as you say have that conversation where somebody says you know you should watch this because mm-hmm. these days there are so much films and now we've got film streaming as well you know with netflix and amazon <laughs> that it's you know you you get I, I know at a weekend, me and my girlfriend, we'll sit here and we'll go through it and we'll just keep flicking and flicking and flicking and yep. looking at title after title and just go, well, we don't know what to watch. Oh, you need to be on Netflix, Claire Bueno. <laughs> <laughs> so, plug, plug. Yes. No, but, um, yeah, but uh, I mean, the, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a very nice site, but, you know, it's, it, and it's, slowly, it bu- it's slowly building up, but it, you know, this that having that you know one to one talk. You know, somebody saying you know the 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 video the video clerk the guy behind yeah. the counter going yeah you should rent this one or mm-hmm. I mean just the fact that you know we don't get trailers at the beginning of of our films. I mean that used to be a massive selling point. You know when you used mm-hmm. to rent a VHS and you have all those trailers at the beginning. I mean, the reason why I wanted to see Terminator was because I saw the trailer for it at the beginning of RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you know, if it wasn't for that, I mean, it, I wouldn't have watched it back in when I was a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that makes sense. I mean, uh, no, I mean, it, it's got, you know, it, it is that sort of it, it, technology's changing everything and having an mm-hmm. effect on everything. And, um, you, you know, everything's more instantaneous and more yeah. choice and quicker and better quality and you know that that's that's the way of things but i just want to say as a filmmaker i'm not against it because i wouldn't be a filmmaker if it wasn't for that you know because those doors would have been shut to me uh 
to be an independent filmmaker now is a lot easier than it used to be. I mean, I can get my work out there. I agree. But unfortunately... It's getting that, people to watch it. It's getting challenge. people to yeah. watch it. That is the yeah. real challenge, yeah. yes. At least it's in a position where people can watch it. That's the thing that you never used to have before. Yeah. No. Is it? No. Yeah, you I mean, can actually point to... Because don't, Simon, you have stuff on Amazon or... Yes, I do. Prime yes. Or, yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, it's like there's there's places. Yeah, no, nice. absolutely. <laughs> and, and, what, and what about? I mean, um, are you guys uh, are you are you guys big gamers yourself, or, or or not so much? Yeah, I play games. Yeah. A complicated question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to be when I was growing up. I was a massive gamer, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I I had a home computer. I mean, my first computer was an Acon Electron, and I then had a massive jump from that to a Commodore Amiga. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used to play nice. a game on the sun. And then <laughs> consoles came along. So I had a Sega, I had a Nintendo, you know. And then at some point, my brother took over that and he would buy all the game machines. So I'd play his. <laughs> but then um, as I've gotten older, I've had less and less time to sort of play games. Uh, I don't yeah. I don't own a console at the moment, so um, I don't really get play those games i mean i play a few games um uh, the last game i played on my mac was uh xcom 2 which i really enjoyed because it's it, you know i remember the game back in the day and uh they it was a, a great update to it because it's still got the strategy but it's a bit more accessible it's a bit more arcade and so you know i really like that and i you know i do play uh one game on my phone <laughs> which is star wars based <laughs> ah, there you go no i mean i i'm kind of the same i mean i grew up you know the the, the the home video era was kind of akin to the sort of home computer era and mm. the computer games consoles and all that sort of stuff so um yeah it used to be which obviously was a progression from the arcade games and and used to be uh into it but nowadays between the amount of uh you know, films, TV shows, books to read or listen to, you know, podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. I tend not to um, not to get too involved, although I think it's all very cool. Um, but the, the reason I brought up the question is I was chatting to somebody that I know who is a big gamer, and I think they might have the same problem with Ready Player One that they had with, um, they mentioned the film Jumanji, you know, Welcome huh. to the Jungle, the latest oh, movie, which right. I yeah. thought was, yeah. inc- I thought that was incredibly entertaining, by the way. I thought that was mm-hmm. a really kind of fun film. Um, and, you know, a, an interesting sort of sequel. Um, but their problem with Jumanji was the fact that there was only like, you know, three levels to get through on the get uh, on the game. And, you know, that wasn't, and I said, well, hold on. It was supposed to be a retro console game anyway but i sort of said also you know artistic license this is all part of you know telling a story in a movie you know two hour type thing but thinking about it they they might also have i guess the same problem with ready player one because i guess you know the the amount of levels that there were (laughs) is nothing compared to uh you you know the life you can live in a in a video game i guess but um well, uh, I mean, no, I, I just, you know, are we gonna wonder play? how many hours you guys spend. I've heard similar complaints, um, especially uh, seeing, I, I, saw, I saw the review of this by Red Letter Media, and uh, one of the guys on that did bring up the fact that the first thing that most gamers would probably try doing is actually drive backwards in a car, <laughs> in a, a car simulation, because, you know, 
because that's the way gamers work. They just try and do diff things that are completely different. I know in the Oasis, because there's kind of everything kind of feels real, that you probably wouldn't want to do that. But I, you would imagine five years of this going on, somebody would have thought, you know what, I'm going to try driving. I'm just going to go in reverse, see what happens. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah when well. it when it comes to the gaming part, yeah, it's 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 not quite there. But then, as we know as filmmakers, that at the end of the day, it's got to serve the story. So at that point, it's the character realizes this, you know, this thing that Halliday has said, and then tries it and realizes, oh, okay, so you know, this really works, and then so on to the next clue, and then trying to figure that out. So it's just it's kind of showing that his, you know, that Percival stroke Wade is, you know, a, a, a akin to Halliday, that he's somebody, he's a kind of, I guess, like a kindred spirit, you know, somebody who thinks the same way he does and who would be a good, you know, benefactor of, of running the Oasis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. I don't think you could show, you know, 18 levels of complexity. That would be a series, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. You certainly lose your audience <laughs> pretty quick. Indeed. Well, yeah, I mean, this, this is the thing about um, video game, well, films that are based on video games or have a video game element to it. It can't act like a video game because at the end of the day, all it would be is cutscenes. And there's yes. nothing worse than watching somebody playing a game and sitting through cutscenes. Or nothing yeah. worse than watching somebody playing a game. Well, I, I, you say that. <laughs> I know people, again, they're younger, but I know people that actually watch YouTube videos of people playing games and are really into that. But like, there's, oh, there, I, there's, I think there's a difference between watching a video on YouTube where you're trying to learn ways of doing stuff, because that's usually what you're watching for, than right. sitting with your friends and watching somebody play a game. You know what's funny, though? Is my son played through an entire game three times, and he still watches people online play that same game. And I'm like, <laughs> you've, already, you've already beat this game three times. Why would you watch this kid play this game that you already know exactly what's going to happen? And uh, so there is something generational to that. That might be the next level of filmmaking, is just watching people play video games. <laughs> Which... <laughs> I, I, yeah. really, I don't understand it at all zero <laughs> i mean, we, I mean do, yeah. do you think it's going to be virtual reality do you think that's the you know being completely immersed like this is is I is well i mean that that's that's a that's a another facet of you know video games i mean i mean at the moment we've got uh that star wars uh is it the void mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. going around yep. at the moment so that's sort of doing good things i mean it's for virtual reality i mean i think the the what we see in the film concerning virtual reality it, it that's kind of how it would work it would either be like a, a massive seat or it would be like a what did he have like a he pad had or something, something. yeah like you a know, walking, walking treadmill thing treadmill that's it that's the word i was yeah. looking for so to, you know to, to have that sort of movement without you banging into things Mm. I, that was something I didn't understand is when they showed the, the battle at the end, they showed mm. like five people who were in the game oh. Master Chief running through the street. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, Wait a minute, <laughs> that that was the thing that I thought was, you know, I, I thought that that scene was really enjoyable. But now you saying that, 
Yeah, they would be like it would be so smashed. Yeah, yeah, they would just be running into things, and yeah. you know that you would just see like their computer characters just be walking into invisible walls and stuff. So. Yeah, that was that was the part that made no sense to me was yeah. when they would show people in the real world physically doing the same things. I'm like, no, 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 that doesn't work. Yeah, you're running into traffic and stuff. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not working. That's well, I mean, it, it, it's I it's. It's gonna be. It's gonna to get to a point where it's a holodeck, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's 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 what the uh, yeah. That's what it's gonna be. But I, I always I always kind of had problems with that concept though because I I, I thought to myself, you know, um, if you have a uh, a holodeck where you can be anyone and do anything, um, and, and and you know you know obviously in that case in a society where money doesn't matter either, you know why would you ever leave <laughs> you know yeah. it's like why would you uh, why would you ever go back to the real world <laughs> in, in star trek because you know they they're, they're out there in the galaxy discovering new worlds you know but then didn't didn't next generation kind of cover that with uh, the character of barclay Oh right, yes, but he probably probably did yeah. i've not seen that episode in a long time but yes probably. yeah i think they did cover that so it yeah. is as a topic that they, but then again, this that was the thing about the Oasis. I mean, I, I think it. I, I am I right in saying that there was a line of the voiceover that was used in the trailer but not used in the film when he he talked about in the trailer that they would that his generation was the lost generation because yes, yeah, which is us. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Not us, but I mean the the fact that because everybody was in the oasis, that you know they didn't exist in the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it depends on your interpretation. Of the yeah, but generation. I'm just saying. But I'm a just lot, I'm just lot, saying it was a line X's. that was. Yeah, but I'm just saying there was a line in the trail. It was used in the trailer, but I don't remember it being in the film. No, I don't. I, I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember it either. Seen yeah. the film the once, but yeah. um, I but, think they uh, dropped that. I think they dropped that line. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because it is confusing. But, yes. but his would be the, his would be the lost generation because they grew up in the world of the oasis. Mm. So there's no, yeah, there is no like human interaction. I think that's actually the interesting thing with the commentary of that world, which is similar to what Black Mirror does in just about every episode. But but uh, <laughs> it's this idea that you know that's what we're doing, and that's what we've been talking about is that you know we're getting more and more and more reliant on this technology and less and less on human interaction. Mm. So social media, games, whatever it is. Um, is taking us out of the human element of things where you don't get the, you know, the guy telling you to watch the movie or you don't get the, you know, you don't, you know what your friends did on vacation without ever seeing them, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and all these yeah. different things. So there's like no reason to talk anymore because it's all just there for you yeah. at all times personally. Yeah. And that's kind of in the Oasis. That's, I mean, it seems like his generation, cause he was young would have grown up just in the Oasis. So they never really met people in the real world. Not really. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean that's 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 kind of a you know sad way to experience things. I mean, you, you know, this is where this is where Generation X, us guys, I think we're quite lucky because yes. we kind of grew up in in the in both. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we were we remember the time before the internet and before all this technology and so, but mm-hmm. at the same time we grew up with, with it evolving around us, so we we can we can appreciate it and use it and love it, but also we know how to 
kind of work without it as well. You know, I mean, exactly. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I know how to read a map. You know what I'm. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we've um, got the good yeah. sense not to drive on railway tracks or into a river. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah just just because uh, the, the sat nav told us that that's the best way to go. <laughs> I know. I never understand those stories. Yeah. <laughs> Turn left here. What into yeah, the river? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, yep. we 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 too, we do probably sound like old farts though uh, about <laughs> this. You know, it's it's. You play this to your kids, Dan. They'll be like, "What oh, yeah. the hell, Dad? Are you, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding?" Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's but, the thing is just just being present in the moment and not pulling your phone out to film something or or take a picture is a tough thing to do. Mm. It's tough to, you know, because it's so easy. It's tough to just I'm going to enjoy this moment in life looking at it, you know, <laughs> whether it be a concert or, you know, like today, my, my son, um, he played his first flag American football game. Okay. And uh, and he got a touchdown like on his first play get a touchdown which you know a score on his first play and uh and i missed i didn't even have my phone out i had not i was watching it and it happened and i was like you know that's cool i i saw that mm. you know just i got to just see it live and enjoy you didn't it, see as... it for a screen exactly yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so it was it's a balance isn't it, it is exactly yeah i just want to say on that i've i've shot a lot of uh sort of I would say school concerts, but uh, mm-hmm. the, it, we're not talking assembly here. We're talking like in sort of venues like the Royal Albert Hall and stuff like that. It's, you know, nice. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the, the the one thing that's always sort of troubled me. So I'm trying to film, and in the shot, all I can see is bloody iPhones and iPads of all the parents filming their kids, mm-hmm. and to the point where they were actually get in front of my camera, somebody who's doing a professional job just to get mm-hmm. a, you know a good shot i mean i had to have a few words with them but then <laughs> you say buy the video <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly but then so but then the, the thing is so all these people they filmed all this stuff and then what do they do with it because i mean the stuff that i've shot on my iphone or i filmed i i just sort of tend to put up online and then that's it i you know i'd never go revisit it again right yeah, more unstructured data out there to manage. It, it, it's it's a problem. I just wondered. So all these parents who are sh- doing all this stuff. I mean, you know, are they well, actually re? I mean, Dan, as you're a, f- a father, do you mm-hmm. go back and revisit this stuff, or is it just up online? I I actually do because I don't really put it up online. Oh, okay. So I do. Yeah. So I do. I actually do revisit the videos, and sometimes we'll sit around and we'll watch videos, kind of like in the old days when you'd watch slideshows or yeah. something at your house. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but I know I'm, I'm not the norm. I mean, most people, most people, when they're doing that, they they want it to put it online and basically they're bragging. They're like, yeah. look what my kid's doing right now, you know, right this second. And so they can get that video out there to, you know, grandma and grandpa or something like that within, you know, as it's happening. Yeah. You know, they yeah. may even periscope it. I, w- I was at um, a convention uh, this past week for, um, it was broadcasters convention and I was watching NAB. a session. Yeah, NAB. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I know it well. Yeah. So um, I was watching an, uh, a conversation with the editor of, dare I say, The Last Jedi. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you said it. And, uh, I said, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said it. I, I won't say it again. You've got to put so. some money in the Bitcoin box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. The Bitcoin so, <laughs> so I'm watching him, you know, and, and I didn't expect to see him there. I didn't know he was going to be there. I just happened to be walking by and they said, this guy's coming out. And I said, well, that'll be interesting. I'm going to watch that. 
So as I'm watching it, this lady comes in front of me with her phone, and she's got this thing on Facebook Live. She's, mm. she's showing him to somebody. I don't know who, her family, her friends, I don't know. But it's like, just watch, just watch the guy. What's, what are you getting from this? That you can't just, you know, like, what is whoever watching it getting it, except you're just trying to brag, look, look, who, I'm, look who I'm seeing here. You know, I'm seeing the editor of, of that movie that was just made about Star Wars. I mean, there is that fine line, as, as with all these things, with technology yeah. and whatever, uh, between, you know, it, it, it's it's wonderful that you can share something with some well we're recording a podcast for god's sake you know yeah. but the the fact that you can share something with someone on the other side of the world you you you, you know um very very quickly and instantaneously yeah. absolutely yep. and, and yep. all this sort of thing and and include people and mm-hmm. and all of that but um but you're right there's there's, there's an awful lot of shit that's just put up as as basically what i call brag book you know and it's oh, like 100 oh, oh look at me look how great i am look yeah. look how where i am and all this sort of thing and 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 you know that that's that the biggest the hardest thing of all nowadays is filtering it's just mm-hmm. filtering the the, the the stuff that's relevant from the stuff that's just nonsense. <laughs> right. I mean, how, yeah, how many pictures of people's food do you need to see? Oh, God. Like, <laughs> it's like, I don't care. Especially when I'm on a diet. I don't want to yeah. see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's uh, just the world we live in. I mean, that's why that's why this movie really does speak to that kind of idea that, that kids who are growing up with this, they don't really, they didn't, they weren't like us and grew up without this technology. So they're completely embracing it and, and know nothing else. I mean, they they didn't know, they didn't know a time when the internet didn't exist, which is, you know, insane mm. to think about really. Um, so all these things, I mean, it's kind of like, it's like us in the television, the color television or something, you know, like our parents would say, I remember when it was only black and white or oh, we didn't yeah, have a yeah. television, you know, that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like four channels in color. That was yeah. normal. And I'd get my dad going, Oh, I remember when we only had two and it was yeah. black and white. And you know, <laughs> or, or we had to, and my parents had to gather around the radiogram. Radio, yep, yep, <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, now this, this, the internet is, is so robust in what it can do. Hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, gives us access to all this stuff but also gives us access to each other in a way that we've never had access before. And I don't know that it's the best thing, honestly, for society. And I don't think that it's, it puts us in the right direction. And I wonder if in the future there's going to be actual laws and things that go into place over what can be and what can't be on the Internet, in a sense, not, not, like, not like the content and not, not, net, not you know, like uh, net neutrality, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, like on Facebook, things with bullying and all, all these other kinds of things that you could actually get, you know, arrested for doing something on Facebook, which I guess you can already. You can. Ways. Yeah, yeah. There's been yeah. people arrested yeah. for tweets people, and stuff. It's, it's like yeah. any tool. It's like any tool. A tool is mm-hmm. there to help with something, but it can be abused. You know, yes. you, 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 you can you can hammer, hammer a nail into a piece of wood or you can whack someone around the head with it and kill yeah. them. You know, That's it's, true. it's it's, it's 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 that age long thing, unfortunately. And uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, I often wonder, Dan, and I don't know whether you ever think about this, but me and Simon have been doing this now for a couple of years with with these podcasts, and I almost mm-hmm. feel like it's um, uh, y- y- you know, I- I've often joked it's 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 like uh, it's almost therapeutic. It's almost like mm-hmm. um, uh, <laughs> recording my memoirs, or you know, while I, while I can remember them or something. But, um, 
but, 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 but I, I wonder, On this day, you know, April when, we, well, when, when, when we were at film school, right, yeah. you, yep. me, James and, and Rod, you know, mm-hmm. amongst others, but, you know, the four of us in particular, we yep. used to sit in a, in a coffee shop or whatever and we'd argue and talk about mm-hmm. films and and TV shows and then art and all this sort of stuff for, for for hours, right? And I think you know, Absolutely. had this existed back then, would we have been doing our podcast? Would we have been having the, uh, y- 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 you know, the, yeah. the, the 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 Fab Four film fuck up or whatever? <laughs> <we call it. laughs> you know what i mean totally. it, it would, would, would we have been doing that and and i well, think god that would have been kind of nice to have had in in some mm-hmm. respects you know yeah. <laughs> no i totally agree and same same is true with um youtube and these other you know video sites if they had existed when we were really making stuff back then what would we have done would we have done the same types of things because i feel like like you know we were more interested in doing more narrative type you know films and ideas but people these days are doing you know getting kicked in the nuts and stuff like that, you know, and just making little, yeah. little videos of them doing crazy stuff just to get hits on YouTube. And I, and it makes me wonder, like, I don't know, what would we have thought about that? Would we have, I mean, I, I would hope that I wouldn't want, want to be doing videos like that, but you just, you don't know, you know, if you grew up in the world where all that, where that existed, because my, my, uh, my daughter, believe it or not, she has a YouTube page and she puts her own videos on there. She makes her own videos and she puts them on, she's 10 years old and she does it all on her iPhone. And and they're not bad videos. They're they're little. Does that you know, scare talk- you though to a certain no, extent? I no, mean the I fact it's, that it's, it's out there for anyone to see, if you know what well, I mean. Well, a little that. bit. I try to you know we try to keep it so her name's not on there and things like right, that. Right, so right. We try to keep it you know very anon- anonymous yeah. if possible. Yeah, yeah. But she is obsessed with getting hits. I mean obsessed. So she'll check that thing constantly about did I get hits? Do I have followers? That kind of thing. And she's ten years old. Yeah. So it's like you know it's that's the kind of world we're, we're growing up in here and our, the youth are growing up in and who knows what's going to come of this. Yeah. And you know, yeah. maybe, maybe the Oasis is in our future. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that's filtered into Hollywood as well. It's when mm-hmm. they look at actors and directors and, you know, mm-hmm. the sort of, the, the, the sort of um, marquee names, they also look at, well, what their, you know, what are their sort of social media like? How how many people are following them? How many people are oh, liking their stuff? Totally. And it's just like, uh, we've seen it where they they put sort of YouTube stars and Twitter stars in, you know, into films and stuff. And they've been mm-hmm. fucking awful. Because, <laughs> yes, at the end of the day, you know what they do online is completely different. They're not an actor. They mm-hmm. they haven't studied their craft. They're just somebody who you know people find entertaining online. Well, I think that's another thing that's been kind of interesting about the digital filmmaking revolution is that you know there have been people who've come out and some of these young directors that we talked about earlier have come out of YouTube pages mm-hmm. who maybe did like an effects reel or something yes. that was really yeah. incredible. Yeah. And then they get a shot. You know, Josh Trank, I think, was one of those. You know, maybe he's maybe he's flamed out already. I don't know, but um, uh-huh. or but flamed he had on. Some... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Sorry. I have to Very nice. But uh, but I mean, you know, Chronicle was a good movie. Yeah. I thought at least, it, you know, it was and uh, and it was better than it should have been for what it was at the time. And a lot of these guys have done those kind of movies where, that were better than they should have been, and and uh, and you know, and women as well. And so had they not had the access to the technology that they have now, would they have ever been noticed? Or is it, you know, is this a talent that would have just completely squandered in the wilderness forever? 
you know, and then ended up becoming a, a lawyer, you know, and just moved <laughs> on with their life, you know. That's always been a thing when it comes to Hollywood. It, you know, so in the 70s, you had directors that came out of film school and then sort of 80s and 90s, you had uh, music video directors. Music video, yeah. Yeah. And now you're getting guys who've made like, you know, high, you know, a lot of YouTube videos or film, you know, shorts that have been shown on YouTube, which get a lot of hits. I mean, I think of, um, uh, uh, oh God, the guy who did um, District 9, you know, his short, his short, yeah, yeah, his short, you know, uh, Neil Blomkamp, you know, yeah. yeah, the fact that his short, was a huge online you know which was the basis for district nine and and it will come from somewhere else as well you know coming down the line what that will be we don't know yet but <laughs> yeah. um but yeah it's, it's 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 whatever you know gets people's attention i mean and at the moment it does seem to be effects driven you know it if you if you look at these uh, videos that are being picked up, it's because it's like wow, look at it's amazing visuals. Look, there's like spaceships over South Africa and you know <laughs> aliens and you know robots battling and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. and you know I I must admit I'm you know I've lost a lot of work to guys like that or guys who sort of can do uh, special effects. Because producers yeah. feel that, hey, they can direct and do the special effects at the same time, you know? For, yeah, cut rate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. To, to get a two-for-one-er. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, it, it is interesting. I must admit, mm. I, I didn't realize at the beginning of this conversation we were going to get so uh, <laughs> philosophical about the whole thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, the but, but Dan, is much deeper than we thought. Yes, <laughs> it, it is. But, but I mean, yeah. Dan, you, you mentioned, um, you know, obviously Black Mirror. Yes. And, and you know, the, uh, which I'm a massive fan of that that show. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. I, in, you know, I I think Charlie Brooker has done a really good job of of basically, you know, taking this 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 idea of um, society and 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 technology and and sort of turning them into this these sort of cautionary tale anthologies like he's done. And and um, you, you know, I I think you know there is there is a lot of truth in fiction um, sometimes yeah. about that stuff and. Uh, and, and and you know it we it can be used as a positive and a negative and um uh who who knows who knows but uh yeah i mean it's a blessing and a curse in a lot yeah. of ways yeah it is it really yeah is. it is yeah. a double edged sword that's for yep. sure that's and, so, and any yeah. and any other cliche we can think of <laughs> yes uh, um, but, uh, i can't think of one more <laughs> but yes art can be used to shine a light on on current events i mean we've seen it i mean even star trek did it back in the day totally. science fiction particularly is good at that yeah yeah and i, I think black mirror is, is has been great for that i think it's Very you know yeah so so maybe so maybe ready player one is more than just popcorn in the fact that it's actually uh <laughs> you know spurn this conversation which um, yeah yeah I mean, it's, it's there's a lot to talk about there yeah <laughs> end of the day it is a popcorn film but the it just has so many connotations around it i mean at the end of the day if you took the oasis and you took all the nostalgia stuff out of it it would it's just a very simple story it's about a guy 
who has to pass these three quests to get the prize. Yeah, right. And the, and and there is some people of of, of um, mainly sort of feminists have have complained a little bit about the the the, the somewhat stalkery aspect of it, or you know, to get the girl. Um, but yeah, you know. I don't see that. I mean, I have to say that. Parcival Wade, he's a very bland character. I mean, the other characters surrounding him are, are much more interesting, including uh, the girl played by Olivia Cook. I mean, she was a far more interesting character. Agreed. But I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, th- I think people are referring to the book more there. Apparently, in the book, he does a lot more stalkery stuff. Yeah, because uh, in the book, the book, he doesn't meet the girl until the end. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's been a lot of changes, which I feel a film has to do because a book is a book and a film is a film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I must admit, I'm I'm about to, uh, to I'm just about to start a new job next week. Um, yeah. In technology and media, and um, <laughs> and it and it is and it is going to involve uh, probably a fair amount of driving. So, yeah. I'm I'm quite tempted to. Um, I know now again because of streaming. Now we can get uh, audio books that audio are unabridged. <laughs> yeah, they're no, they're no longer limited to a what a CD can hold. Um, yeah. And uh, I may well invest in in you know Ready Player One and and have a listen to the uh, have a listen to the book as well whilst on my journeys. That might be quite a good idea, you know, <laughs> as comparison. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Oh, yeah. We, 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 could, we could literally talk about this all night. But, uh, you know. As we used to, Dan, if memory serves. Oh, you we know. absolutely did. Uh, in the wee hours. Yeah. In the wee hours. <laughs> in fights and arguments. I yeah, never right. forget the, physical, some of those Physical aggression. Yeah. yeah. What was that about? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, oh, passion. It's all about yes. being passionate. Yep. So, <laughs> so uh, Dan, is there a, uh, anywhere people can go to find out more about your work? Well, like I said last time, and, and a little bit this time, I'm not really. I don't really have a social media presence. So. <laughs> Which is hilarious. So, yeah, based on what we've just been talking about. I know. So the only way, and this is this is this actually goes back in the conversation. The best way to follow me is to find me actually in Central Florida, and then actually start walking behind me. <laughs> you hang out at Red Box Machine. Exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah, on the corner of. And then, of, um, shopping market and then what and you stuff, do is yeah. you just walk at the same pace behind me and that is following me to the next location <laughs> <laughs> hey there's a film there That's uh, right. you know I've got it now the red box stalker there you go <laughs> find and follow the red box stalker and if you want you can give me a thumbs up too I'd be happy to get the thumbs up <laughs> just don't poke him though no. don't poke him that's right no don't, don't poke him just watch where you're putting that thumb or poking that finger exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh and, uh keith where can people find your work <laughs> okay well uh if you want to see um if, if you can sit through short films 10 minutes long that i've written produced and directed then uh go to youtube and go to british isles which is e-y-l-e-s as in my last name and there are examples there and with regards to other work that i've done or i'm working on um just plonk me into IMDb and uh, you can read more there. 
And as always, you can find my work at independentrunnings.com. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and all good podcast providers. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. And please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. It all helps. Oh, it does. In fact, um, a shout out to a, to a good friend of mine. Uh, Ross Shepard did leave us a very good review uh, on on iTunes, which we appreciate. Yes. Uh, very same week as we got a really bad review in memory serves. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, oh, if that guy is listening, you know. You know. You know. You know. Well, you know. know who you are. No, no. He didn't like me saying you know. You oh, know. I see. You know, oh, you know, you know. So this is for you, you know. Hope it's driving you mad. Well, you know, hey, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know when you get some yeah. haters out there. You there know, you, you know, that reminds me of something, you know, that I, I know about, you know. <laughs> you know, we could oh, do this all night. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. We're you know. Having too much fun. We're having too much fun. Yes. <laughs> Coming through